from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to continue our conversation about the year ahead with part three of our special series on key technology trends in 2021. This time, we're going to examine how artificial intelligence and machine learning are driving the latest advances in fleet management software. Machine learning may still sound futuristic, but technology developers across many industries are already utilizing it today to improve efficiency in decision-making. But what does this mean for the future of fleet management software and data analytics in the trucking industry? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. To learn more, we're going to bring in the CEOs of two trucking technology companies that are incorporating machine learning into their software. Later in the program, we'll speak with Avi Geller, founder and CEO of Maven Machines. But first, we're excited to bring in Hayden Cardiff, the founder and CEO of Idelic. Thanks for joining us, Hayden. Thanks so much, Seth. Really appreciate uh, the time being on here. So in this episode, we're taking a fresh look at artificial intelligence and machine learning in the trucking industry. And of course, there are a lot of myths and uh, preconceived notions based on what we see in the movies and in pop culture. But you know, I'd like to ask you to just explain to us you know, what you really mean by AI and machine learning and how does it really apply to the real world uh, especially in transportation. Yes, yeah, that's a fantastic question because we do. We hear a lot of different things uh, about AI and machine learning. And I think a lot of people can uh, over apply certain principles to the, the term AI. So it's important to understand like AI is the overarching branch of, of, of the science and machine learning is a more uh, technical and, and deeper uh, deeper rooted tool and, and package within that. So AI can mean a lot of things and people use it to mean a lot of things. And so it's really important to, to really kind of dig a little bit deeper when you hear that, especially uh, within trucking and transportation. And AI, again, at the most basic form, it could just be a very simple understanding of if-then statements. So if I have uh, if I have two or more moving violations, then uh, flag the driver for corrective action. Right? Like that technically is artificial intelligence because it is helping to determine and make a decision based off of some sort of data. And that obviously is very basic and in kind of on one end of the spectrum. And then as you start to move a little bit closer down to the other more technologically advanced side of that spectrum, you start to get into things like machine learning. And machine learning is a really, really important uh tool and, uh, and, and what machine learning does is allows you to take an exorbitant amount of data and use that to find patterns, patterns of historical behavior, patterns of, uh, of insight that help you predict and make good decisions moving forward. So Seth, you asked about kind of how does this apply in the real world? An easy way that we see this in our daily lives is you look at something like Google or look at something like Amazon, right? Like you go to search something on Google and it pops up and, and po kind of populates most commonly searched questions, most commonly uh, searched fields. It kind of fills out the rest of your the rest of your answers, and it's taking past data from millions and millions of other users who've typed similar things and auto populates that. That's a part of machine learning. Same thing with with the Amazon question. You know, looking at past buyers' behaviors and trying to apply that same pattern to someone like yourself. They're taking in your buying history, 
They're taking in your past decisions and trying to project it out in the future. Now, how does that apply in transportation? Well, a lot of different ways, uh, you know, this is starting to be applied in, in trucking and transportation. And, and, you know, first and foremost is, is really being able to look at pricing. We've seen a lot of companies and, and, uh, and fleets try to apply machine learning to, to pricing and spot rates. And how do we predict, um, you know, how do, how do we predict uh, future demand? Uh, also looking at safety and, and driver retention. There's a lot of these different pieces where we can now take past behaviors and, and data and really start to apply that to be more predictive and proactive in uh, you know in accomplishing the things that we need to get done. Now, those are all great examples and uh, it really helps to you know make take this trend and, and uh, help us understand you know just how pervasive it is and, and, and where it's heading. And I want to get a little more specific about what you're doing at Idelic. Sure. You know in your case you're yeah you're using uh, machine learning to help fleets improve safety by you know predicting which drivers are most at risk of being in a crash. So, uh, Hayden, I'd just like to ask you to, to walk us through that process. You know, how do you take the data that fleets are gathering and, and use it to identify potential safety risks? Yeah, again, great question. So when it comes to safety, there are so many different pieces of data that are really helpful and indicative. And a lot of these and a lot of this data is also a little counterintuitive, if, you know, to, to be honest when you have a lot of data around a particular driver you can start to go back into that driver's history and make good uh, judgments on their overarching risk and what i mean by that is when you start to get hundreds of thousands of drivers and you have data across their entire uh their entire set of behavior and that's not just what's happening in the cab but also what's happening outside the cab so for example you know, we often hear about telematics and, you know, your ELDs and your cameras, those, you know, the, the data that's coming off of those systems are incredibly impactful, very, very helpful. We're huge proponents of, of uh, you know, using cameras and, and obviously trying to use the ELD data. Uh, but that is one piece of a much bigger pie of driver behavior. You have a lot of other uh, highly informative uh, you, highly forward the piece of data and, you know, behavioral patterns that happen outside of those, you know, those devices. You have your, uh, your inspections and violations, the FMCSA uh, information, you have accidents and claims and injuries and work comp, you have customer complaints and, and workplace observations and HR events, the driver's demographics, how, how long they've been, you know, tenured at your company, how long they've been driving overall. There's so much information out there. And when you have, hundreds of thousands of drivers historically going back several years and even decades with all of that data you can now start to identify all right here is an accident that actually happened let's look at all of the breadcrumbs of behavior from that driver going back in history and you can start to see and identify different patterns of behaviors and then you can do that with another driver and another driver and another driver when you do that across tens and hundreds of thousands of drivers, you now start to identify and pick up all of those different patterns because risk doesn't always look the same. And that's why it's very hard and challenging for fleets to go in and use a static scorecard and try to capture all of the different patterns of risk, right? And when I mean, and when I say static scorecard, I mean, being able to take, you know, five, six different criteria and assign your own point values to that, you know, multiply and add those up to, to get some sort of score. You know, obviously that's much better than nothing, 
Uh, and we would highly encourage fleets to dive in and start to wrangle your data, get it together and use that in a, in a, in a proactive manner. But when you start to leverage machine learning, it's going in and actually assigning those weights for you. And it's running through hundreds of thousands of simulations each time tweaking the weights of those, uh, of those different events to find the most predictive and accurate scoring of those behaviors, right? And it will find multiple sets of patterns. And I think that's where machine learning really comes into play and, and how it can be really, really impactful when it comes to predicting uh, that risk. And so at Idelic, that's exactly what we do. We've got hundreds of thousands of historical drivers in our database going back several decades. And we've built these machine learning models to identify those patterns of risk, put those drivers on a watch list. But not only that, we can actually go in and highlight how much each individual event or behavior actually contributes to that risk score. So now safety managers, driver managers can go in and understand why this driver is at risk, assign targeted corrective action and training, and all of that's automated through our platform. But be able to really drive to that why and make good uh, decisions on who to train and get good buy-in from those drivers and their managers. Yeah, a much more proactive approach to, to safety rather than simply responding, you know, if, if something already happens. You know, you, you of course, as a manager, as a, as a safety manager, as a, as a fleet manager, you want to stop it before it happens. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's a very different uh, kind of stance toward, toward safety, which I think is really interesting. You know, especially when we look at the, you know, the, the broader uh, business landscape, mm-hmm. you know, of course, uh, you know, safety is, is always paramount in the trucking industry, but, you know, you look around right now and it's just a, it's a really challenging environment for fleets. When you look at the, you know, the rising cost of insurance and, and some of the nuclear verdicts we've seen in recent years. So I want to get your thoughts, you know, just how much is that overall risk environment uh, contributing to the adoption of, uh, you know, deeper analysis of driver driver performance and uh, and machine learning uh, in fleet safety departments. You know, Seth, I think you just hit on something really, really impactful, which is you, you touched on two of the most common industry issues that we hear day in and day out when we talk to fleets. And that is this rising cost of insurance, but also you, you mentioned nuclear verdicts. I mean, uh, at the you know safety conference that, uh, that just happened a few months ago, I mean, that was obviously a huge, huge uh, topic of conversation. But also, it is one of the things that is most terrifying to fleets right now. And one of the most terrifying parts about those large nuclear verdicts is the fact that our drivers don't even need to be at fault for the accident anymore, right? If there's any type of compliance issue that's out of sync, whether it's FMCSA, DOT, or even their own safety handbook or training practices or protocols, anything that's not being followed to the T, plaintiff's attorneys are now having a field day at attacking the fleets, regardless of whether the driver was at fault or not. And that obviously is, is a really, is a really uh, tough hill to climb. And so you, I think you're exactly right. That, that is definitely driving adoption of not just technology, but solutions, right? How can we as a fleet better protect ourselves against those types of, of issues? And, you know, when you look at insurance costs, there's a lot that goes into that. And we've had uh, you know, we've talked a lot about that um, ourselves as well. And so technology is, is definitely a way to really help with this. But I think it takes a holistic approach across the board. Obviously, technology enables process. 
and technology enables people to be more effective and proactive with their time. And I think that's one of the things that we really emphasize uh, at Idelic is to say, look, it, it takes both. You have to have a, you have to technology like machine learning to help identify that those at-risk drivers, obviously reducing crashes, reducing claims, those types of things are, are going to be most impactful for reducing uh, the insurance costs and, and preventing nuclear verdicts from ever happening. But even then, you know, when you have those types of, you know, technology enablement, you still need the process behind it. And that's where we've, we've really tried to focus on being able to take a, a, a technology tool, for example, like, uh, you know, like, like we and other vendors sell, but being able to package that along with you know, industry best class pro protocol and industry best class, uh, you know, training programs and you know, escalation process and uh, of warnings and, and identification of when things are expiring and when things are coming due and what's out of compliance and all of those different pieces tied together give you a more holistic view and understanding of how to combat these types of larger nuclear verdicts, how to go to your insurance carriers and get better renewals and how to lower the, the insurance premiums as a whole. It, it kind of takes both of those sides. And, and that's something that we definitely preach. And it's important to understand that, yes, technology is huge in helping enable that. But technology on its own won't be able to cover uh, to cover all the bases either. Yeah, that's a great reminder. It's always a mix of, you know, safety culture. It's it's yep. the systems and technology you have in place. It's the business processes you have in place. Uh, there's so much that goes into that. And, you know, we see some of the uh, some of the fleets out there today that have just really sophisticated uh, safety uh, programs. And, uh, you know, in some cases, yeah, AI machine learning is, is certainly a part of it. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. You know, another uh, use case for machine learning and uh, predictive analytics that we've seen uh, begin to rise to the to the top is uh, driver retention. You know, driver retention, of course, is a, a huge issue for uh, the trucking industry. Uh, turnover rates, uh, especially in you know long haul truckload, are, are still so high. Um, so anything that a fleet can do to to keep the drivers uh, that they have uh, with them you know, can, can really go a long way. So, uh, Hayden, could you explain how you're using, uh, technology to address, you know, that driver turnover problem? Yeah. Uh, that of course we know is, is, uh, a major challenge. Absolutely. And you're, you're running through the list of all the major issues and I, and that's, that's super helpful. And so you're, you're exactly right. Turnover is such a, such an impactful issue. And I think one of the things as fleets, you know, we oftentimes feel like it's just kind of status quo, you know, 80, 90%, sometimes, you know, triple digit turnover, uh, you know, eight, eight, nine, $10,000 in cost each time. Like that's, that's just 
cost of doing business. And it doesn't have to be the case. And I think there are a lot of things that we can do to improve that. And obviously, when you look at turnover, it's a two-sided coin, right? You have involuntary turnover, drivers who are getting fired due to accidents, poor performance. They're just not living up to the standards that you would have them live up to. And then you've got voluntary turnover, right? They're leaving at their own volition. So you know, with the ability to predict and prevent accidents, you also, you, you also start to help on that turnover side when looking at that involuntary turnover. You know, we, we oftentimes think of the phrase retention by prevention. If you can prevent an accident that would otherwise got that driver fired, you're saving his or her job. And that's really, really impactful and really important. So that's one thing to obviously keep in mind. But then on the other side of that is, is, the, is the voluntary turnover. And so you can absolutely apply technology to help with that. One of the things that we're actually looking at right now is being able to take the same type of process that we that we help foster with the identifying drivers who are at risk to get into an accident and do the same exact thing for predicting driver turnover. A lot of the same, you know, a lot of the same data, a lot of the same uh, predictors are helpful in that arena as well. Obviously, there's a lot more information and other types of data that you'd want to incorporate into that. Uh, but now you can use the same type of process through machine learning and identify those patterns of risk. But risk this time looking at risk of a driver leaving. What are the different behavioral patterns? What are the different things that you, that you and have seen now are strong indicators that this driver is more likely to leave? And that same, that same kind of uh, statistical analysis through machine learning, uh, it can be and is what we're applying now to the driver turnover problem. So being able to highlight who's most at risk to leave and why, diving in and understanding what factors are driving that. Now you can assign uh, performance improvement plans from a retention standpoint, right? So being able to go in for your driver managers and, and dispatchers and, 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 and assign tasks to help them better engage with the drivers, better uh, you talk about and, and address issues that are pressing for the driver. If, if you're noticing uh, you know, certain, you know, certain behavioral changes like home time is shifted from what they're used to or what you promised them within the uh, driver recruiting process, you can now start to identify that and go in and, and address those lanes are starting to change or uh, to the, they're getting less miles or uh, you're consistently shifting which driver manager is managing them. Like those are certain things that you can now start to look to and identify uh, as good predictors of driver turnover. Sure. And you know, one interesting approach that we've seen uh, in, in recent years, uh, a number of fleets have implemented performance-based pay and, and bonuses to reward their safest drivers. You know, sometimes it's uh, a mix of uh, safety performance and, you know, regulatory compliance mm -hmm. and, and fuel economy. But uh, Hayden, what are your thoughts on those types of programs? You know, do you, how much of a difference can that make for driver retention and, and overall safety? I think those types of programs can be an incredible benefit. And, and, you know, obviously there are ways that you can do those more effectively, uh, tying those to a sliding scale where it's not all or nothing, right? When you, one of the, one of the most you know, de-incentivizing type of uh, performance uh, metrics is something that where within the first, let's say you're doing this quarterly, within the first month, you don't get your incentive. Now, what motivation do you have for the next two months to continue to perform at a high, at a high mark? You don't, right? So being, being able to really um, set up those programs in an effective way where it's not kind of all or nothing, 
where it's not uh, disincentivizing to the the driver if they don't if they have a bad day, bad week, bad you know bad month, where they can still make up. There's still ground that they can cover to 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 try to be as effective as possible moving forward. So those types of you know those types of things are, are definitely helpful in setting those programs up, but. We have seen a lot of benefit from our customers, from police that we talk to, of using this type of performance-based pay or bonus system. But at the very least, what we what we highly recommend, even if those types of systems don't quite mesh or gel with your philosophy or your operational system, or you know, or you just want to do something a little bit more lightweight to get started. Uh, we highly recommend at least having some sort of recognition program. And what we've also found, Seth, is that just being able to recognize the driver, even taking money out of it, is an incredibly strong motivator. Drivers are fantastic professionals. They care so deeply about their job, their profession, what they do. They're road warriors. They're the they're knights out on the highway. Like they, And they truly see that and believe that because that's what they are. And so when you can go in and recognize them for that, it is such an, it is such an impactful uh, way of, you know, motivating those drivers. And when I mean recognizing them, I'm, I'm saying things, things as simple as, you know, we've seen, we've seen fleets give, you know, give, give shirts or polos or hats for drivers who have hit their annual safety, you know, metrics or bonuses. And those shirts and hats and, and you know polos, those things rotate to where you don't get the same thing every time. So if you won in 2019, you have something that others may not have. And that's a sign of, uh, it's a badge of honor. It's a sign of recognition where they can wear that proudly to their peers. You know, having a jacket and then each, you know, million mile having a patch that kind of goes on top of that. Like you're starting to build this culture where everyone looks to each other for what to do, what what the gold standard looks like, right? And there's a sense of pride that kind of goes into that. And that's a much, much more cost-effective way of doing it as well. Um, and, it's, and it's an easier way to kind of get started. Yeah, and it's amazing how uh, far that can go, you know, to your point. Uh, just a little recognition can go a long way. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, think a little bit more about the, the future of our industry. And, you know, we've discussed a, a few examples of how, you know, you can apply AI and machine learning and transportation, but, you know, just think about the future and, and looking ahead, you know, where, where do you think uh, we may see some, some other applications emerge uh, in the years ahead? Absolutely. No, I mean, this is, this is a fantastic question because there's so much opportunity ahead of us, as you mentioned. And when you look at, I mean, obviously you have a lot of headlines that are getting dominated by autonomous trucking. And, and obviously that's a trend that's coming. I, I still think we've got um, a lot of work to do to, to get there, both from technology, but also just from regulatory landscape and just being ready as as a as an industry. But when you start to look at some of the things that are a little bit more uh, in focus in you know in the near term, you've got things like being able to prescribe and you know pr- you know predictive uh, prescription of training suggested based off of drivers' actions and their profiles. So a driver who is exhibiting these types of behaviors is most likely to respond to these types of training programs based off of those machine learning and predictive analytical models, right? So being, you know, going to that next step in understanding the, you know, what drivers will respond to and what is going to be most impactful 
at improving those behaviors. So not only just predicting who's most at risk, but what specific training programs or what specific um, training content is going to be most effective for this specific driver. So those are things that we're, you know, that the industry and even, you know, we at Idelic are looking at and thinking about. Also in the near future, just being able to use kind of geospatial alerts uh, to help predict uh, to help predict and prevent accidents as well. So essentially looking at a driver's profile, their past behavior and what is what they're kind of most uh, inclined to, uh, you know, to be at risk for, and then having alerts in cab uh, for those drivers based on where they're traveling. If they're traveling into an area that's, that's high risk for uh, rollovers and the driver is, is exhibiting certain behaviors that puts them more at risk at a higher propensity to have those rollovers, kind of combining those two data sets in a very, um, in, in a, in a very uh, just-in-time manner to help predict, uh, you know, predict and prevent those types of accidents. So there's a lot of different things that machine learning is is being applied to, and a lot of really exciting uh, capabilities that this will hopefully unlock as we start to move forward here. And that's just a couple. Uh, you know, a couple examples. Yeah, certainly something we'll be watching uh, in the years ahead is, is amazing to think about where we may be headed as a as an industry. But you know, uh, I also want to you know kind of look at the current uh, situation and uh, in the year that uh, just ended uh, with the the coronavirus pandemic in particular. Um, you know, uh, vaccine distribution now is ramping up, so hopefully we will finally be able to put this behind us fairly soon. But uh, I, I do think we're at a point now where we can ask ourselves how that event has has changed the trucking industry, and mm-hmm. including trucking technology and, and fleet management. Uh, so looking back, uh, you know, how did Idelic work with its fleet customers to to help them really just adapt to the challenges and, and disruption caused by the pandemic, especially in the early days when uh, it, it, there was so much, uh, you know, uh, need to, to be. Uh, flexible and, and adapt to something that was so unexpected. Yeah, yeah. You know, Seth, one of the things that uh, was obviously, <laughs> I say fun with uh, a little bit of sarcasm there, you know, one of the things that was really fun and kind of interesting to try to dive into is there's no playbook for this, right? No, everyone had to band together, especially as an industry, to try to figure out how we continue to move forward, how we keep the the country running. And I think that's one of the things that, that I was most proud of just to be in this industry was just to see how everyone banded together, regardless of whether they were competitors or not, regardless of whether they were, you know, normally competing on freight. It didn't matter. Everyone, everyone really dove in and tried to figure this out together because it was for the greater good. And I, and I loved that. And so as a part of that, we definitely sat down with our customers. We actually, very early on in the pandemic, we had a uh, kind of a customer council. We brought all of our, you know, we brought a lot of our customers together uh, and started to talk through some of these different issues and how we can start to to make better headway. And I think one of the things that the pandemic really did was a, it was a forcing function. You know, I think a lot of people started to think about remote workforce. How do we put in contingency plans? How do we start to uh, be more effective in a distributed world? And that really forced our hand. And so one of the things that we really focused on was how can we help enable our customers to be more effective at onboarding, training, and keeping drivers compliant in a world where we no longer have the luxury of seeing them face-to-face and interacting on a daily basis. We, don't have, we no longer have the luxury of you know, sitting down for days at a time doing you know, driver orientation and onboarding or 
you know, consistently having, you know, ride alongs or in-person trainings. Like there a lot of, a lot of that has now changed. So being able to help facilitate, you know, the communication between uh, the executive team and safety and dispatch and, you know, operations and driver management and risk, you know, that was something that we were able to be very effective at it kind of being that conduit to, to really, um, connect all those different pieces and have one single platform for everyone to operate off of, you know, same thing with being able to help, uh, you know, communicate with drivers, being able to help understand, help them understand where they're at, what they need to improve on, how they can continue to, to come home safe each and every night, like all of those things, um, in this new environment were, were big pieces that we really focused on and our customers really helped guide that. And we are so incredibly thankful for the fantastic customers we have. Uh, because that's that's what helps us to continue to drive innovation and drive kind of new product development is listening to them. And uh, so it was definitely a, a historic effort and a fantastic collaboration between uh, between all parties. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know, certainly uh, you 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 look and you know just kind of reflect on uh, you know all those challenges and and you know for the most part you know supply chains uh, you know held up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the industry was able to adapt. Uh, you know. Shelves were were stocked with essentials, and uh, yeah, everything continued to move, and uh, and the economy kept going. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's you know to the credit of you know all the people in our industry who who found a way to to, to make it happen. Uh, you know, and and before we wrap up, I I want to leave on a you know end on a you know maybe with a a, a prediction on your part uh, for the year ahead. You know, we're we're moving into twenty twenty one. So I'm just curious, you know, what industry trends are you watching most closely as we move deeper into the year? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously there are a lot of things that are in flux, a lot of things that are still moving. I, I'm keeping a pretty close eye on the, the driver retention side of things. That that to me is something that's that's really, really impactful because it touches a lot of different pieces. Uh, you know, how you know how drivers are starting to think about employment and think about engaging with their you know, with their employers um, and how we as fleets and vendors can help create a more impactful experience, a more engaging experience for those drivers uh, with the the brand of the fleet that, that, they're, that they're running for. And so that's a big one. Also, you know, you touched on it before as well, that the insurance side of things is something that we are really, really keeping a close eye on, something that we have a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement around is just being able to help in you know, help our fleets and help our, our customers to better uh, portray themselves in, in the right light to, to be able to get better rates and to be able to go out and, um, and really uh, be more successful in their renewals and all those different pieces and, and helping the insurance industry as well uh, look at how do we better price this? How do we, how do we better inform that underwriting and pricing decision? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things on, on that uh, in that direction that are really interesting. And I think, um, the both of those sides, whether it's the the insurance, but also you know fleets and, and engaging with drivers and, and driver retention, they're gonna, it's going to have to change fairly dramatically as we come out of the pandemic. And and there are certain things that are going to go back to you know quote unquote status quo. Certain things that are not going to uh, are not going to have that luxury. And so that's one of the things. Those are a couple of things that that we're definitely keeping our eye on is the changes that have happened and what's going to essentially stick moving forward. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, so thanks again, Hayden. We really appreciate you uh, 
uh, coming on. You're uh, always a, a great guest and, and we appreciate all your insights. Absolutely, Seth. Really appreciate the time. and Thank you so much for having me. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. Next on Road Signs, we're excited to welcome Avi Geller, founder and CEO of Maven Machines, a provider of fleet management software. Thanks for joining us, Avi. Hi, Seth. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning. You know, of course, you know, this is a huge trend for software development in general across really all industries, but you know, we're also seeing it in our industry in transportation. And I think people are becoming increasingly familiar with how AI can improve business processes in transportation. Uh, but of course, there's still you know a lot of hype out there. There are so many you know myths about AI that we often see in popular entertainment. You know everything from you know How 9000 to the the Matrix movies and and more recent examples. But uh, you know, in, in your words, Avi, you know what do we really mean? You know when we talk about AI and machine learning in transportation software. Yeah, I mean that's an important question, um, and it's on everybody's mind. It's talked talked about a lot. Um, and there's, you know, there's some, you know, some misunderstandings and misconceptions out there. Um, people tend to use AI and machine learning interchangeably. Uh, AI is more a general concept of software or computers or technology doing things that seem smart. Um, that's the general idea of what AI is. It's an entire field. It's very broad. And machine learning is more of a specific implementation within AI of leveraging technologies like neural networks or technologies based on neural networks to take in data and make decisions or predictions or kind of pattern matching. Um, so really machine learning is more of the implementation and more of the specific uh, um, kind of relevant use case or technology that could become a use case for the industry. Yeah, that's very helpful. And uh, you know, when you do look at our industry specifically, you know, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for AI and machine learning to really improve fleet management? Yeah, I mean, the good news is that there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, the nature of, of our industry and our business is that there is a lot of data, everything from GPS data of the, the vehicles, uh, kind of metadata or properties of shipments and loads, uh, data coming off of the vehicle from the engines, um, customer type data, you know, shipper receivers, uh, specific driver or operator data. Um, there's just an immense amount of data and that represents an opportunity. Um, now, you know, with enabling technologies and developing technologies, a lot can, can gather all this data in real time, uh, put it in a kind of a cloud platform and leverage the machine learning tool sets to, to do things that actually help run an operation better, a trucking operation better. And you can get to how you do routing, how you price uh, freight, um, how you're estimating arrival times, um, how you're doing vehicle maintenance, predictive maintenance. Uh, there's just a huge amount of opportunities out there to leverage the data and help run operations more efficiently. Sure. You know, and, you know, one of the challenges and one area for, 
you know, improvement in our industry, of course, is, is workforce development. You know, you just, you know, as we all know, driver recruiting and retention are just major challenges for the trucking industry. Yep. And, you know, when you, when you look at that, you know, part of the equation, uh, do you see opportunities for fleets to use AI and machine learning to, you know, again, you know, one of your examples, plan routes better. Yep. And, you know, the, the, maybe those are routes that uh, are not only, you know, optimized for efficiency, but also can better meet the needs of the driver and, you know, the driver's preferences. And, and you know, hopefully that can translate to, you know, a, a measurable difference in driver retention. You know, just how much opportunity do you see there for driver uh, recruitment and retention? That's exactly right. And that's a major focus for us specifically at Maven. Uh, we do a lot of work in, in LTL uh, where drivers are making 20 to 30 stops a day. Um, and their routes are very critical to their performance. And one of the most important factors is like the stop times. Um, when they're making those stops, are those stops, can they get in and out in just a few minutes? Or are there times where certain customers at certain types of days for certain reasons uh, end up keeping them there for much, much longer, um, sometimes over an hour, maybe a loading dock is backed up, maybe somebody's on a break and they have to wait uh, for whatever the reason. And one of the things we're, you know, we're able to do is predict stop times um, for a different shipper or receiver at different times of day, different days of the week, different weather conditions, whatever it may be. And if you can get to a point where a driver's stop times are predictive and predicted, and they can, and you can optimize that route, the drivers are more efficient, more successful, more satisfied, um, and, and you result in a higher retention rate. Now, that's a great example. Um, are there any other examples of, of how you're using AI and machine learning at Maven Machines uh, beyond the one that you just shared? Yeah, so that is specifically stop times. The route itself, you know, kind of leveraging uh, navigation algorithms, uh, leveraging within that you know, kind of truck data that feeds in uh, what type of vehicle it is. So you have more accurate uh, estimated times for, for actual navigation on the road. Um, we're doing a lot with uh, kind of a user experience uh, with the workflows that we provide the drivers to give them the tailored workflow for the specific type of stop they're doing or how they do their ELD. Um, so when they're putting in, they have to put in a note every time they change their duty status. Well, that can be done automatically based on what is the most typical note for this case. Or effectively, the system can predict you're taking a 30 minute break right now and it just either does it semi-automatically or fully automatically put in the proper note. Um, so anything that we can do for that using using the technology so that the driver doesn't have to use the technology as much and they can focus on what they really want to do, which is drive the vehicle. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the broad challenges that I you know constantly hear about, you know, when I cover the technology side of trucking, you know, modern fleets that have adopted technology are just collecting, you know, a wealth of data from all the onboard systems and and back office software they've uh, adopted and installed. Uh, so for many of them, the, the current challenge is really finding ways to utilize all that information and find the right insights that can lead to better business decisions. Yeah. You know, they're swimming in the sea of data. Uh, so how can AI help companies sift through all that information and, and find the right insights that can really improve their businesses? Yeah, I mean, there there's a ton of opportunity out there. Um, and there's things like, um, so another example uh, that is specific to LTL is dispatching. So pickup requests come in while the drivers are out doing their routes. So those pickups 
uh, can be automatically assigned to uh, the most relevant uh, driver to be able to uh, to execute the pickup and not just assign it to them, but the proper place within the route. What is the order of the pickups? Um, you know, to hit the times that the uh, the, the customers, uh, in this case, the shippers are open, uh, taking into account traffic, taking into account capacity on the on, in the trailer on the truck itself. Um, so you're taking in all of the different data. Um, as well as things like you can't have on the same trailer, you know, a food product and a hazardous material, uh, so other, other constraints, taking in all the constraints and, and kind of automatically doing um, a dispatching application would be one example. You can get into kind of customer performance predictions. If a company is looking at bringing on a new customer, how is that customer going to perform? What are the stop times going to look like? Detention times? Um, what, you know, uh, other kinds of travel times, um, other, you know, what are, what are the opportunities for accessorial charges? Essentially, how is this going to perform? So they can make an accurate pricing proposal to that customer that both satisfies the customer as well as keeps the trucking company, uh, you know, profitable and healthy. Um, those are two examples. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, also while I have you on the line, I uh, also want to spend a little bit of time on the coronavirus pandemic, you know, uh, Unfortunately, this is something that we're all still dealing with. Um, you know, it's been a you know a huge challenge for you know really our our whole society, not just the trucking industry, but you know there's light at the end of the tunnel now with uh, vaccines starting to be uh, distributed, and uh, we're hopefully uh, you know approaching you know the end of this uh, in the months to come. But you know one of the you know sort of side effects or, or one of the uh, sort of a development that's come about because of this. You know, I frequently hear that this crisis has, has shined a spotlight on, you know, the importance of freight visibility, you know, given all the disruption caused by the pandemic. Uh, so from your vantage point, you know, how has this crisis affected technology adoption in the transportation industry, uh, both, you know, now and in the future? Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely said it. Uh, it's been one Memorable year, um, to say the least, with uh, the pandemic hitting and so suddenly and kind of overnight, uh, a lot of the dynamics of, of the industry changed. And it was very unclear, especially in uh, kind of March, April and May, uh, what was going to happen next. And, and one of the kind of silver linings uh, has been that freight has proven itself and logistics in general, such an essential industry. It rebounded you know, immediately and has actually uh, been one of the few industries to grow significantly throughout the year because it's so vital to a functioning economy and to just quality of life to keep everybody fed and clothed and, uh, and kind of living their life successfully. So you know, that's been a, a positive kind of macroeconomic uh, result. And in terms of the actual kind of operations of the industry, um, I mean, we saw huge movements uh, towards more residential kind of pickups, deliveries and final mile type uh, transportation opportunities, um, just general trends in the industry um, and how we've, you know, we've been acquiring, you know, growing our business and acquiring new customers and deploying our solutions and everything has moved to, um, to kind of remote deployments um, and, uh, you know, we're able to deploy hundreds or even thousands of drivers across uh, dozens of terminals uh, like never before possible without ever stepping a foot in, in the, you know, on site where it's all, whether it's kind of video Zoom type calls and, and video trainings, recorded trainings, lots of materials. The technology itself is very user friendly. So it's been very impressive how quickly 
the industry has been able to transition to a more remote type uh, application and implementation of technology. Um, and one other benefit is, you know, our specific system is fully on the cloud. So a lot of management um, are able to access uh, our tools to manage their operation from anywhere. They don't have to sit in the terminal. They can they can sit at home or in, a, in another remote location and have full visibility and control over their uh, operation. Um, so it's been quite a transitional year. Yeah, it certainly has been. And, and to your point, uh, you know, th- this has been quite a, a test of the you know the flexibility uh, of you know transportation companies and logistics companies. And you know, by and large, I mean, I, I think it's pretty remarkable how well the you know, the industry was able to uh, respond to the challenge and, and rise up and, you know, to something absolutely. that they absolutely, you know, would not have planned for at the very beginning of the year uh, of, you know, the very beginning of 2020. Um, now, before I let you go, Avi, I, I do want to, you know, get your thoughts uh, about the year ahead, you know, looking forward, you know, are there any you know, industry trends that we haven't discussed that, you know, you're watching particularly closely as we move into the new year? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, things happening in the industry. Um, we touched on some of them. Driver retention is going to continue to be a huge topic. There is such a shortage of drivers. Um, anything that can be done uh, to retain drivers, to attract drivers to the industry, to improve their quality of life, to make them more productive and financially more successful and have a better quality of life um, is definitely going to be a focus. Um, and things like uh, as a result of COVID, this is clearly going to be here for a while. Uh, increasingly, paperless, touchless type operations um, are going to be uh, big uh, kind of areas of investment and focus, uh, increasing automation and probably even more movements towards final mile uh, as e-commerce continues to uh, to grow or some of the, the trends that I'm seeing. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, fascinating to watch all of this develop um, in the months ahead. You know, I, I think that there's no doubt that uh, you know technology will continue to advance in the transportation industry, and uh, you know it's it's always a, a, a constant evolution, and and it's been fascinating to watch uh, all these developments. But I think we're at a, a good stopping point, so I'll go ahead and, and leave it there. I just want to thank you again, Avi, for joining the podcast and, and sharing your insights. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you, Seth. It's great to join you here. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How will machine learning shape the future of fleet management software and data analytics in the trucking industry? As we've heard from our guests, Machine learning is already helping fleets make better business decisions by identifying patterns and signals in the data that wouldn't have been apparent otherwise. As machine learning enables software applications to improve automatically through experience, trucking companies will gain deeper insights into safety, driver retention, and a range of other applications, but we're still just scratching the surface. Machine learning will continue to drive further advances in business intelligence in 2021 and for years to come. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And we'll be back in two weeks with part four of our special series on transportation technology trends in 2021. 
Next time, we'll examine how mergers and acquisitions have reshaped the trucking technology sector over the past decade. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. 